Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, do you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. The Blue Collar BS Podcast helps blue collar business owners like you build a business that will thrive for decades to come by turning that blue-collar bullshit into some blue-collar business solutions. In this episode, you're going to learn, meet people where they're at, understand that wages are not the problem with the current employment situation, be slow to hire, and grit and perseverance are key to long-term success. Our guest today is Matt Better, a go-getter and hustler who has boomer traits willing to accept the new construction world. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, Brad. How are you doing, my friend? I am wonderful today, Mr. Doyle. I am absolutely fantastic. It is a great fall day here. It's October. You got college football going. You got two U of M guys-ish on the show sitting here with Badger Red. Good even though I'm wearing, even though I'm wearing, I got Badger Red and Kansas Blue on today. You know, it's all good. College football, live and well. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, Brad, who do we got on the show today? Today on the show, we are blessed to have uh, Matt Vetter. He has gone from construction foreman and lead lead carpenter to the president of Schaefer Construction. This has a wide variety of interests in the construction field, has his own podcast called The Construction Corner, and we are grateful to have him on today. Matt, thank you very much for being here. Guys, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to be on your show. Excited. Yeah, we- come on. We no one's, no one's ever excited to be here. It's a Friday afternoon. They'd much rather be somewhere else. Come on. Hey, hey you said you were blessed to have me, so I had to follow suit. <laughs> we are blessed to have you, but I don't know if you're excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> so Looking Matt, forward before, to before I forget, which generation do you best fit in with? Uh, well, I, I think uh, by technicality, I, I may be uh, on the conversion side of the millennials, but I, I tend not to... Uh, not to identify as such. I, I'm a little older than that in, in, in my mind anyways. <laughs> yeah, right there with you. Right there with you. Definitely, awesome. Definitely, definitely have the traits of a Gen Xer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Steve, you don't, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from there from time to time. We'll move on before we die. So, so Matt, we were blessed to get introduced through a connection. I want to say, I think it was through Ron and, and others or wherever it happened to come from. I'm not sure, but you are very active in the construction space. You're very active out on social. Where did your passion for construction and trades come from, given that your educational background started out in psychology? Yeah, so it's a... Uh... It's a long kind of sorted past that 
got me here, but uh, I started building houses in my late high school years. You know, I carried lumber around job sites for a long time is really okay. what I did. And I started my first company 19 or 20 years old as a, a residential carpentry company. We did we did additions, we did renovations, finished basements, decks, garages, you know, smaller things. scale things. Yep. All the stuff like that. I went to college. I left college, went to college again, left college again. All the way, all the while, I'm, I'm still working in construction in some form or fashion. And I kind of caught the bug, right? And I just, I never wanted to leave. After my last go round with my college experience, I kind of got the the bug up my 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 rear to make sure I finished and, and we, got we, agree. We are a we are listed as an explicit show, so that's okay here. Oh, good, good. Then I I won't <laughs> have to refrain anymore. So I got the bug up my ass. <laughs> I, I'm I'm stubborn as as can be by nature. So after being uh, politely asked to leave school the second time, and and I say that with air quotes, they they told yeah. me not to come back. I w- I said, hell with that. I- I'm going to show them wrong. So I put myself back through school. Psychology was an interest of mine. It was also a quick means to an end. Uh, so I did graduate, <laughs> graduated from U of M as, as fast as humanly possible. I got a, a bachelor's in psychology and I haven't used it since. Um, oh, I, I, I will challenge you that you have used it every yeah. day. I see you're, I like you. I like you, Brad. You, um, you kind of echo what I say to when I'm talking with my parents, you know, I, I do use it every day and in, in construction, especially the commercial world, you have to deal with all different types of people, right? As, as president of my company, I'm, I'm out talking to the, the day laborers and I'm out talking to the CEOs and executives of the firms we're, we're building, uh, buildings for. So, you know, mm-hmm. yes, to be able to relate to people on all different levels that, that probably the, the degree path didn't hurt in that realm, but it's certainly not the not the typical pathway for a construction guy. No, no, mm-hmm. definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, psychology. Yeah, even though it's relevant, it's very, very relevant because you do have to make those things. So, as you have gone through that transition, and as you've gone through your growth and ranks, right from doing your own thing, carrying lumber around, having crews, doing things now doing what you're doing with the current organization. How have you seen, right, when you first started, although it was your organization, I'm sure you got hazed by all the other, all the other trades all the time back in the day. Um, oh, without shit doubt. on. How are you seeing that change today from your business perspective as what's acceptable and not acceptable? Well, first off, I, I, my, <laughs> my first company was a tax shelter for the boss that I really worked for. So let's just pull the, pull the curtain back, okay? He didn't want to pay payroll taxes, so so I started my own company very very young, so I could still work for him. Yep. <laughs> so wow. So yep. I was I was not the boss. I had my own company, but I was the the lowest guy in the totem pole for a long time. So you were the CEO got, of your own company. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the CEO. I was the head janitor. I was the I was the the whipping boy, the runt. Uh, I got my ass kicked every day, and you know it was. The construction world is a tough one to break into for a new guy, mm-hmm. you know, but, mm-hmm. but it should. It also, that, that's what, what helps us. That's what, what teaches you grit and perseverance and, and shows you how to grow and succeed. And, and that, that's the path that I went through anyway. So yes, um, when I started, it was, it was brutal. You know, it was, it was, you know, guys stealing your lunch, guys locking in the port john you know, all the stories you hear yeah. are, it's a hundred percent true. How is it now? I, I think it's probably lessened a bit, but truth be told, we're so we're starving for, for new bodies and new youth to come into the industry. So I think, um, 
part of that hazing, part of that kind of gruff, you know, alpha male mentality that pervaded construction for so long has been, I don't think it's gone away by any means, but I think it's been quieted down a bit to kind of open the door and, and at least convince more people to give it a shot, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So knowing that there's been some changes with how we in the construction industry kind of behave around others, what are some things that you're seeing with the attraction of new, fresh blood into the industry? It's hard. It's very hard because you know we could go down a rabbit hole of, of politics and, and the educational problems in this country and and we still probably wouldn't touch on everything, but you know, the day we started, the the day we started pulling shop class out of high school, it was the day that the trade started getting a bad name. And, you know, when I was in high school, we had, uh, it was called Vogue tech back then uh, trade school, trade school now. But when I was in high school, it was the junkies and the burnouts that went to, to Vogue tech. It wasn't, it was never, uh, a pathway that, that anyone suggested you go down unless you got the shit end of the stick and you had no other choice. I don't know that a whole lot has changed in that. And other than now, I think the trade schools are finally starting to kind of climb back out and get some more respect. You know, we do a lot of work locally. We speak at high schools. We bring kids out to job sites and, and kind of tour them around, you know, in a, in a safe manner, of course. But we do everything we can to, to get exposure to our industry because we are in such dire need of new blood. And But I, what I think a lot of, of kids, and I'm going to keep calling them kids because I'm old enough not to do that, but yeah. a lot of kids... Depends who you're talking to. Let's just be honest. Well, with that. <laughs> I'm not a millennial, damn it. A lot. Yeah, listen, listen, pops. We don't need your opinion right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I am the oldest on the show right now, so it's okay. You are. The wisest, too, right? I wouldn't say that. Talk to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we do a shit job of advertising and, and talking up the industry uh-huh. and, and talking up the trades in, in schools and, and in, in the boardrooms, too. and construction is not just the guy digging a ditch or the guy swinging a hammer. And that that's certainly a way you can go. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. That's how I started. It's a lot of people start, but, but the construction industry as a whole has gotten so massive and, and it incorporates really every educational track short, you know, medical and law or, or even law can be incorporated, but it, it incorporates so much that people don't think about from, from sales to marketing to to social media, to Correct. you know, all of the the videography and and photography that goes on. There's just there's so much in the construction world that people don't know about until they're in the construction world, and that is a is a real tragedy because it hasn't helped us at all in the last twenty years to to recruit people that want to be in this world. Right, but let's right. also be honest. Let's you know, you talked about the industry not doing themselves any favors. So going back through it, even on the manufacturer. We've told people for two decades they're not good enough as well, right? Yeah. So when you came into that industry and humping lumber and doing different things, right? Every, all the older guys were saying, ah, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And then colleges and universities and everybody started to say, ooh, this is a better path. This is something different. This is what that could be. And the industry just said, oh, we got enough people. There's, there's plenty of people around here. And, and nobody took that approach of, looking at the math and saying, oh, guess what? At some point we're screwed and it's time to pay the piper and we're here right now. hundred percent correct, Brad. I mean, we would drive through town and, and my parents would point the guy in the hard hat and boots and, and be like, you, you don't want to end up like him. He did something wrong. He's working way too hard. When in reality, that's bullshit. 
right. um, and, and and we've known about this problem for decades. That's that's what really chaps my ass in this, in that we've known about it, we've been bitching about it for for twenty plus years. It's just that now we're starting to see all those things come to fruition, and now we're seeing the the massive labor shortages and and all of these problems that we knew was coming, you know, as an industry, but. We we talked about it, we never did anything. So now it's it's almost like we're we're racing back against the tide, trying to catch up and, and trying to get more interest. And it's a tough road, right, to get people interested because right. what what our parents don't teach us is that that guy wearing the boots and the hard hat might be making a quarter million dollars a year, but you would never know it by looking at him because he doesn't look like a right. an attorney. He doesn't look like a doctor, and, and that's right. the industry. Or and, that's and yet, the, he has the, he has the lake house. Changed. He has the boat. He has the things. He has all that yeah. other stuff. Right? Yeah. It's the quiet millionaire next door type scenario. Grab my lunch pail and go go to work every day, and that is yeah. perfectly okay. Perfectly okay to go out and do. And so, in you're in the Detroit, Michigan area as well, right? Is that correct, correct Matt? Yep. So how? And, and Steve, go ahead and comment on this too. How are you guys attacking, bringing younger people in here? I know here locally in Wisconsin, I see all of our folks advertising the dollars, the dollars, the dollars, and they're not getting any traction. Are you guys advertising and getting traction by wages or how are you guys going through to bring those people in the door? Wages is not it, surprisingly. When I was a kid, if you told me I'd make more money, I'd, you'd have to deal any more. I'd sign me up right now. But that's not the case with, with kids these days, it doesn't think. Now it's more so, it's culture, it's core values, it's, uh, I hate the whole work-life balance bullshit, there is no such thing, but there is, well, there is something Well, there is said. for the individual contributor, not the owner and the president of the company, let's yeah. just be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to a, to a point, right? But what we try to do is, is make work not so damn painful. And show them that okay, we're we're doing this. We're we're doing an honest day's work. We're doing hard work. We work really, really hard. We're really good at what we do, but we have a ton of fun doing it. And we have this culture that that beats all else. And it's a it's a family atmosphere, right? We don't have a ton of turnover. We are we're slow to hire. We do that on purpose so that we make sure that people we're bringing in fit our mold and fit with us. And and to show that to to kids you know, to high school or, or college age kids looking to get a start has been a benefit that we've seen. We've, we've seen it help on the recruiting side. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I would, I would echo what Matt's saying. What we have found with my clients is the, it's never about the money. First thing, first thing is always who am I working with and what, how do they behave? How are they going to treat me? So it's more important for when we're interviewing to bring in the younger group to actually meet the crew that they would actually meet the crews that they could be working with and actually get their opinion on how well they're jiving and give them some activities and some time to bond together during the interview process so that there's a sense of camaraderie and teamwork. That's what we've been finding a lot with our younger generation. Yes. And what that does though, is it also showcases the culture. And it showcases the values when you start bringing in and you're like, no, this is a team. We may be dysfunctional at times, just like a family, but we're here as a team. We have each other's back. And then the wages per se, we do pay, most of my clients do pay a lot higher than like an entry, typical entry level job. So starting uh, general laborers are typically $25 or more. Uh, most general laborers are not starting at $25 now. 
So they start at $25 an hour. They get uh, full medical paid for. They get company vehicles. They get gas cards. So we take care of all those intangible things so that what they have to focus on when they leave work is their life, their family, their friends. They don't have to worry about how they're going to pay for their medical. Their, if, they, if, if something were to happen, they don't have to worry about, hey, if I get sick, am I going to get paid? Nope, everything is taken care of. So what do they have to focus on when they're on the, you know, outside of work? Their life, their family. And so we give them that sense of, it's more that, that sense of relief that they have, that they don't have to worry about any of those things if they were to come to happen because typically what we have what I have been finding is most companies are not providing that level no to attract yeah. that that specific group of people. Well good on you guys. That's cool. Well I, I'm gonna push back a little bit on that too though I, I do think the last three years especially have have artificially inflated wages and and Absolutely. more so wage expectations. Yes. And yes. I think that puts that puts us in a really dangerous spot because, you know, sure, yes, in the last three years, it's been grab everybody you can find. Doesn't matter. Pay them whatever they whatever they need to come on. But what's going to happen is when the economy takes a shit again, which it's it will, you know, sooner yes. or later it will. Those are the the people who are making those artificially high wages without the experience to back it up are going to be the first ones kicked out on the street, and and they're going to be wondering what the hell happened. It depends on the timing. Because those that those with the artificial high wages today potentially are the ones with the experience in two to five years, and there aren't any boomers behind them to support that. So they are the experience. I mean, we've created this massive, massive cavern of knowledge and wisdom and experience that is going to be very difficult to overcome if all of a sudden we take that approach of right. We're going to keep we're going to keep the high dollar, high experience, high wisdom late gen x or early boom like late boomer early gen x person whose body's beaten who can't produce as quickly and all those other things versus the you know younger millennial or even the younger gen z that is or older gen z now that is maybe 80 percent of that same wage but without the experience there's gonna be a lot of challenging conversations coming up inside those organizations because of that very thing yeah, Steve and I did a con- we had a, a episode on wage stagnation, and I just had this conversation with a client this morning. They had an employee come up and say, "Hey, when do raises come out?" I'm like, mm, yeah, is it way? Is it a- are they asking because your volume has increased? Or are they asking because it's just that time of year? And it was one individual, and because her volume increased like double, and she's like, "Hey, you know what's going on?" But yeah, that that's wage stagnation is it's coming. It's going to be a real thing. That typical yes. two three percent a year isn't going to happen because we've overpaid for the last three years. 30 to 40%. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep. All right, uh, Matt, what is your most humorous construction story over the last uh, <laughs> 60 days? Oh, boy. That's just there's you, a lot. Whether, whether it was yours, your project, somebody else's project, whatever, driving by, what's the most humorous thing you've seen in the last 60 days? Um, that you go, holy shit, I can't believe this actually happened. Maybe not, not, not humorous and maybe it wasn't funny, funny, but it's, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of what the hell just happens. Yes, <laughs> moments, right? I don't know, and, and I guess they're they're funny now when we look back at them, and and you know nobody got hurt, but um, not not on our job sites, but because we we are absolute sticklers for that sort of thing. But you know, there there's some some competitor sites near us. Uh, one in particular that I can think of, it's a it's a fitness facility that 
it's been under construction for every bit of three years. I don't understand it. You know, they, they do a little bit and they come and they go, but these guys this summer oh, were man. actually setting steel with, with straps off the end of a, a sky track. And I mean, it's yeah. big, big steel. It's not, it's not like lifting a truss, you know, a wood truss. It's, it's big ass steel beams and, and joists. And, and I would drive by and watch these guys. And there was only two or three of them ever on the site, you know, no hard hats, no nothing. They were wearing Jesus boots, you know, sandals and, and they're, they're swinging steel with straps. And, and you know, meanwhile, on our job site, we've had OSHA show up three times in the last two months just for a random spot check. But but these yahoos are down the street from us, you know, playing cowboys. So luckily, we yeah. don't see a lot of that that sort of stuff around us. But it it it's still there, and um, I haven't heard of anyone getting hurt. So that that's good. Obviously, it, that that would that would eliminate the humor from it real fast. But yeah. um, you know, there, there's stuff like that. You know, you see that a lot too when you get the the residential guys trying to play in the commercial market. Um, yes, and mm-hmm. I say that with all due respect because i was one of them but it, it's a hard market to to ship from usually it's different it's very yeah. very different expectations are different the communications different that the, the yeah. trade electrical is electrical is electrical but it's not plumbing's plumbing right. but it's not the codes are different mm-hmm. it's just very different yeah. world so no so what advice would you give to another business owner looking to hire the younger generation I would say you got to get out there. You got to get your face out there. You got to get your company's face out there. Uh, and, and that's through social media. That's through, you know, and being engaged in your local community and, and high school career fairs, college career fairs. Um, you know, we, we started an internship program a few years ago, specifically geared towards high school kids. So mm-hmm. 17, 18 year old kids. And there's, there's limitations on what we can have them do, obviously, based on age. But things like that, you, you have to, you have to meet these kids where they're hanging out, right? And and as much as I effing hate everything to do with social media, uh, it's a necessary <laughs> evil, right? You're I'm, I'm very it. active. Or either it, you're good at it or you got somebody doing it for you that's good at it. I do it all still, and I hate it. I hate it with a passion, but it serves a purpose, right? And it's not going anywhere, whether I like it or not. So you, you got to meet people where they're at. And yeah. you know, I, I think that's that's the biggest thing that I see frankly, my competition not doing. So strike that last 30 seconds from record and just keep doing what you're yep. doing, guys, because it's good job. <laughs> <laughs> so in following up on that, what advice would you give to either the young kids that are in high school or even their parents regarding thoughts about getting into the trades? Parents are where we got to start. That's a great thing to bring up, I think, Steve. It's the parents that typically drive the kids direction at least until they reach a certain age and you know like i mentioned earlier with with you know my generation you know we would drive by sites and people would look down on these on these blue collar workers you millennials <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we, we got to educate the parents as much as we do the kids right yep uh completely agree and it's about getting the opportunity to to show that so do you so like when you bring your community work do your community work do you put out a hey why don't your parents uh drive by you know we're going to keep the site open after five o'clock do a little tour show what's going on and and bring them around bring the parents around to to see that with some of the kids at all or don't you guys take that approach at all we haven't done that i'm going to write that down because that is a great idea brad so we're full of ideas it. on this show most yeah, of them, them not so good. something 
we've we've done similar things during the day, um, not necessarily with parents, and and I know that's that's contrary to what I just said, but most parents are working during the day. But we've done it with teachers, so we'll bring out groups of educators along with the students and give them in depth, you know, behind the curtains tours of of job sites, kind of with the intent that they're going to go back, the teachers are going to keep pounding this back into the kids, and the kids eventually tell their parents. But bringing the parents out after hours or even during hours is is probably a great way to go about it. Yeah, just something to ponder there. So January 2021, you decided to enter this fray of of the podcast world as well, starting the uh, being on the construction corner. So what motivated you to get into this insanity and um, what do you enjoy most about it? I joined the podcast in, in January 21. Uh, my co-host, Dylan Mitchell, actually started the podcast, I think, a year prior to that. And I'd met Dylan through a, a networking group we're both a part of. The whole podcasting thing has interested me for a long time. And, and I actually called him one day and said, hey, you, you do this stuff. You know, um, He'd interviewed me on his show. And I said, what the hell do I need to buy to, to go and do my own? You know, how do I, how, what do I need to get? How do I do this? And he was, well, go on Amazon, buy a $15 mic, and then why don't you just join my show as co host? I said, well, shit, that's easy. Okay, done. <laughs> and, and now here we are, uh, whatever it is, two and a half years later, and still, still going strong. I've, I've upgraded my, my shit to a little more than the $15 Amazon mic, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's fun. You know, it's a good medium. We get to have great conversations like these. You know, we, we focus very broadly on the construction world. So we we bring in marketers, recruiters, insurance guys, bonding agents, mm-hmm. trades obviously, you know, right. everyone involved in the in this this wide web of construction that we we play in. So it, it's a fun medium and it you know it, it's got it's got benefits for me too personally, right? It helps you learn how to talk to people. It it yep. uh gets you having interesting conversations and right back to meeting people where they're at, you know, kids are on social media, they're listening to podcasts. Nobody reads magazines anymore. Nobody's looking at a newspaper. So you gotta, you gotta get in where you fit in. And, and this is one of the ways that we do that. That's awesome. That's great. So, Matt, somebody, somebody wants to uh, follow up with you, find out what Schaefer construction does, follow the podcast. How do they find you? Where do they find you? How do we get a hold of you? If you want to uh, some young kid in Michigan. Oh, by the way, Steve, I was going through our numbers. Yeah, we need more Michigan viewers and listeners. Um, so hopefully Matt can yeah. support you on that growth opportunity because you're like, I, you're, I think Michigan's behind Canada. Oh, boy. It could be. We got it could be so just, My just, followers just, in India. Yeah, you're big in India. Steve's got a big following in India. <laughs> but uh, how, how do people find you? Where do they get Where do they get you? The easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn, uh, Matt Vetter. You know, I'm on all the platforms, but LinkedIn, I'm I'm most active, um, and and they can kind of go from there. All of my links are are within LinkedIn. Awesome. Do you have any final parting opportunities? Our our audience typically is going to be in that uh, 42 to 29 year old range. Do you have anything for those that might be in the white collar world that says, "Hey, you know, I've been thinking about make dipping my toe." Any final thoughts for them to say, "Come on over to the to the other side." Do it. Just, just do it. I, I wish I hadn't waited as long as I did to to make the the big moves that I've made in my life. If I had started this earlier, I there's no telling where I'd be at this level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I said, it's an industry I love. It, it, it's one of the few industries that goes nowhere, right? You you can't automate construction, no matter how hard we try. You know those bricklaying 
effing robots. They're really cool to see on YouTube. They don't build shit for real. You can't do it. And while we may we may have aspects of construction that get more automated throughout the years, and I hope we do, and tech comes in, you can't replace the people building the shit. And and as as good as we build buildings, they still have a lifespan, which means somebody's got to come back in to do renovations. Somebody's got to tear that thing down and build a new one. And and it's it's quite a unique industry in that 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 uh, faction that it, it just goes nowhere. So give it a shot. That would, that would be my advice. Awesome. Thank you uh, very much for being here today. Uh, we appreciate it. Having two millennials on the show at one time has been fantastic. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm not sure I'm liking that title. <laughs> it's happened before. It's okay. It's all good. You know, we appreciate it, Matt. Have a, a great rest of your weekend. And I do not, you know, hopefully that Michigan Ohio state game coming up in a few weeks. We'll see how that goes. Uh, it's been good the last two times, but we'll see what happens this year. Go blue. There should be good. Right, go I blue. appreciate you having me on. I agree with you. All right, man. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.